For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Thursday morning by Andrew Erickson and by Derek Brown. And, fellas, we are talking about some must-start players here as teams try to clinch that playoff spot in the final week of the fantasy regular season for most teams in most leagues playing fantasy this year. We are going to start with the running backs. We are going to start with Derek Brown. Debra, who do you got? Starts. Man, it's Chuba Hubbard, man. This is his backfield. 65% of the snaps. And this honestly should have been his backfield for multiple weeks. Like, Miles Sanders has not been good the entire season. But we did. We had to get Deuce Staley out of the house just to finally see that. So he played 65% of the snaps. He got 25 freaking carries. And this week, the reason I want to start Chuba Hubbard is... Carolina's got to move the ball somehow. It's going to have to be on the back of the run game. And New Orleans should allow them to do that. Their run defense has been terrible since week eight. Second highest yards to contact per attempt and the highest yards per carry to zone runs. Chuba Hubbard, I, I mean, look, guys, I'm probably going to have him ranked inside of my top 24 running backs for the week, as crazy as it sounds. He's outside the RB2 range in ECR. He's RB27, so just a couple of spots behind there. But everybody in the Fantasy Pros team has him in that back-end RB2 level. So I assume you agree, Debro, that RB27, that's just too low. It's too low. I've got him at RB22 right now in my ranks. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like, he's coming off back-to-back good games. He scored three touchdowns across the last two weeks. Like, only 45 yards rushing against Tennessee. But Tennessee does that to a lot of people. Just, he's... Gotten the volume. They made the coaching change. Erickson, where are, where are you going to have Hubbard by the time we get to the end of the week? I have him right now, RB21. So, I mean, anytime I can bet on Chuba Hubbard and against Miles Sanders, shout out to the undercashing on his rushing attempts last week. He had, it was <laughs> eight and a half. It. He had eight rushing attempts. So it was, Woo! it was sweaty, but we came through. It was able to, I was able to feed my family last week. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> very nice. All right, Erickson, well, who's your must start running back this week? I'm going to the Texans' backfield. We talked about Devin Singletary. I'm going to go with Damian Pierce. Um, he's the one that kind of took back over the backfield last week that he was fully healthy. And, look, you don't throw the ball on the Jets. You don't really score on the Jets at all, but how teams attack the Jets is on the ground. Like, teams run the ball against the Jets because that's their weaker part of their defense, not their secondary. They face the number one run rate. And when you look at what Houston has done in terms of positive matchups against the run, against teams like Denver, Arizona, Cincinnati, and Carolina, they have a negative pass rate over expectation in those games. So Bobby Slowick realizes, hey, attacking the Jets through the air without Tank Dell, this is probably not a recipe for success, even though we have C.J. Stroud. So I envision them are going to run the ball a little bit more, and Damian Pierce was that guy last week on early downs. He's getting the goal line work, so I think that he's ultimately the best Texans running back to play in this spot. You are the high man amongst the fantasy pros rankers on Pierce. You've got him RB 29. Fitz has him RB 34. Debra, you've got him RB 36 right now. Are you going to change that at all? Or are you still several spots lower than Erickson is? No, I'm going to flip him and Singletary. Uh, I meant to do that this morning. Um, I'm going to have Damian Pierce probably RB 32. I think it's an interesting conversation like him versus um, the immovable force of AJ Dillon or Keaton Mitchell somewhere in that range. 
Dero, let's stick with you for the next guy who is your next must-start running back. All right, well, we've been on this show before. We've called it before. I'm calling it this week, boys. Javante Williams gets his first rushing touchdown of the season. You look at what the Chargers have struggled against, and, and I know you could throw the ball, and everybody's going to be high on Russ this, this week. You can also run the ball versus the Chargers of the last few weeks. Since week eight, 10th highest explosive run rate, 12th highest yards of contact per attempt. And we know Denver, if they can run the ball, they're going to run the ball. Russell Wilson, I mean, tell me how happy Sean Payton must have been seeing Russell have to go out there, have to throw the ball to get back in the game, and then throw all these picks. It's not going to happen. Denver's going to turtle. They're going to feed Javante, and he's going to score this week. It feels like anecdotally, oh, Javante Williams getting more healthy. He's getting, you know, really nice usage in that offense. We know what Sean Payton can do with running backs. So we're all pretty excited about him. The production hasn't actually totally panned out that well. Weeks 8 and 10, he was RB9 and RB6. Every other week this season, he's been RB20 or lower more often than not. Even the last three weeks, RB31, RB29, RB24, these are all in half PPR scoring settings. So are we being like a little too optimistic about him, just given what the actual production has borne out, Debra? Yeah, I mean, for most weeks, now I've had him very aggressively ranked, depending on the matchup. Um, I forget who he was playing, and we got on this show, and I was telling everybody he was a must-start, he was an RB1, and he did pay off that week. But in most weeks, I've had Javante in the mid-RB2 range, low-end RB2 range, just depending on how we're looking at game script. I think that this matchup, everybody is going to automatically gravitate to how bad the Chargers secondary has been and be like, oh, we're going to be high on Sutton. We're going to be high on Russ and things like that. But I think the other thing that people are going to miss the boat on is that, yeah, that secondary has not been good. The run defense has actually been, you can make a pretty good case. They've been worse in the last few weeks. Yeah. Erickson, what are your quick thoughts on Javante? Look, you listed out those finishes. How many games did he score a touchdown in those? Probably none. Like, that's why he's not in a higher mm-hmm. tier because he just hasn't found the end zone because Cortland Sutton is the only Denver Bronco that can score touchdowns. It's in the bylaws of this year, <laughs> not last year. So I think that, yeah, eventually he's going to, regression is going to kick in. I talked about Javante. I talked a big game about Javante scoring last week. He did not come through. So, D Bro, good luck to you. Two tutties. You- two tutties. Going to go with two tutties this one. All right, let's double I, down. I, I- I hope so. Can you guys believe we are this deep into the NFL season? We've got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. We had a lot of teams on by last week. And we have to sit through an absolutely hideous game tonight in Steelers Patriots. Hopefully by the time you're listening to the show, you already passed that and don't have to look forward to Steelers Patriots on Thursday Night Football with backup quarterbacks. That looks terrible. But we get to make up for it with some amazing matchups on Sunday. We've got Philly Dallas, Seahawks Niners, Jags Browns, Rams Ravens. Of course, Bills Chiefs with Kansas City laying a point and a half at home. That game is going to have major AFC playoff implications. However you plan to bet that one, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Erickson, the YouTube version of this show will probably be out by the time the game kicks off, but Steelers, Patriots, how are you betting that one on DraftKings? Um, just correlating all the player prop unders. Cause I, I think that the game, the game total tells you all you need to know. Like there's not going to be a lot of points scored in this game. There's not gonna be a lot of yards in this game, but we see sometimes with two bad teams, weird stuff happens, red zone turnovers, interceptions. I mean, is Trubisky going to throw a pick? Probably could it be a pick six Patriots haven't scored on defense this year. You know, that could happen. And that's going to potentially drive the game total over 30 points, which is just absolutely ridiculous of how low a number that is. So I prefer the attack now to be just all the unders on Trubisky passing, Pickens under, uh, Deontay Johnson under, because if if Trubisky throws for 100 yards, none of his receivers are going over their props. So that, I think that's the best way to attack it is correlate it, um, which is a lot of unders for player props. Sorry, I, all I heard you say was you're betting the over on Zeke's carries. <laughs> that's all That's all I heard, Erickson. Zeke's carries is interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Debra, you missed a good uh, argument between me and Erickson on the Tuesday show about whether or not you should bet the over <laughs> uh, or under I have on heard this game. Bits and pieces of this argument. This argument has sent ripples <laughs> through the fantasy pros Slack. Okay, so <laughs> I've been made well, aware of this argument. Everybody can go listen to the Tuesday show if they want to hear Erickson and I disagree. Erickson, who is your next must-start running back? Alexander Madison, uh, very polarizing oh. player this year. I just really like the matchup this week against the Raiders, 26 in rushing yards allowed per game, 24th in rush defense DVOA. And even though it looked like Ty Chandler was going to take a bigger, you know, part of this backfield, you know, Alexander Madison, the Vikings are still just, they're still viewing him as the guy that they want to see the ball the most. So maybe that changes out of the bye week, but until I see it, until we actually see Ty Chandler be the RB one in this offense, I'm going to assume it's still Madison, 56% snapshot. The last time we saw them play 10, Carries for 52 yards, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Chandler only saw 33% of the snaps. He had four carries for eight yards while seeing two targets. So I just think the matchup alone warrants a start for Madison and even like a flex start for Ty Chandler. I know I'm in a couple of tough spots this week without Ramondre where I got to have to plug in Ty Chandler, which I think is an okay move just based on the matchup and the fact that the backfield could switch a little bit more with Chandler as the more explosive guy. But um, I think Madison's still someone that you're probably going to start because the team's obsession with continuing to play him, especially in the red zone, like they're still using him a lot. So I think the matchup's good enough to warrant a start out of Madison this week. Dero Madison is RB 26 in half PPR rankings. According to the experts, is that too high, too low, or just right? It's about right. I mean, I've got him at RB 28. He's just in that, that sludge of RB three land where you're like, I don't like anybody here. Okay. Well, who gets a touchdown? Probably not Alexander Madison. Oh, oh. Does he even have a rushing touchdown this season? I don't think he does, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's him well, and Javante are kind of like hand-holding, going down the path of no touchdown land. They're, they're, they're regression candidates that need to score a rushing touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up here now. He does not. 
So you're no. not misremembering. He has because I want to say the, the only touchdown he has, or maybe he has two receiving. He's, he's receiving one touchdowns. Two. He's yeah, got yeah. three receiving, but yeah, he has he's got zero receiving rushing. touchdowns, which yeah. makes no freaking sense. But whatever. Yeah, uh, D bro, sticking with you. Who's your next must start running back? I want to bring up a name people might not expect, especially considering the matchup. Everybody's going to look at okay, well you need you could throw the versus the Jaguars. Okay, Elijah Moore. Let's go with Joe Flacco because we like elite plays. I like Jerome Ford this week. This Jacksonville run defense has taken a big, big step back. Now, over the first few weeks of the season, I was writing them up consistently in the primer and saying, (laughs) stay away from these guys. They're really, really good. But since week eight, that has not been the case, man. Highest missed tackle per attempt rate in the NFL since week eight. They are giving up the fifth highest yards per carry to gap runs, which might not sound like a lot off the surface, 5.1 yards per carry to gap runs, which is 53% of Jerome Ford's rushing totals. So I think Jerome Ford could come out and have a good game. We've seen him play 60% plus the snaps. He gets 15 to 20 touches in this game. I think he's a fantastic start, and a lot of people are going to disagree with that. Erickson, who's your next must start? Keith Mitchell, uh, the Ravens RB1. Worm knows it. So well, you, you won't get any pushback from Worm. That's for sure. Last time we oh, saw yeah. Keith Mitchell play, he played. He led the backfield with a 46% snap share, 64 yards on nine carries. Led the backfield in the first half carries. He saw season high in touches and snaps. So what do we see from teams after their bye weeks? We see them involve rookies more. Like we just see that as this like post bye week rookie bump in terms of usage. So I think that they kind of give us a taste of, hey, this is Keith Mitchell as RB1 in this backfield. And I think we're going to see more of it. So again, the Rams are a good run defense, but I'm just playing the game total. I'm playing that the Ravens hammer teams at home, especially if they're in the NFC. So again, I don't like the matchup on paper, but I think that Mitchell leads the team in touches. I think that he's still explosive enough to rip off some big runs here and there, especially if the weather's not great. They're going to lean on the run game a little bit more. They still don't have Mark Andrews, so they're still looking for another weapon in the red zone. I think Keith Mitchell's that guy. So for me, I'm going to just kind of get ahead of the trend here with Keaton Mitchell. We saw great usage. For the bye week, I think that continues. Um, so I like starting him as my highest-ranked Ravens running back this week. I'm going to make Worm happy here. Uh, I'm telling you right now that going into the offseason and going into next year, unless this backfield changes, I'm going to be drafting a crap ton of Keaton Mitchell. Like, his numbers pop. He's explosive. I don't think that they do anything in the offseason to add to this backfield. Like, everything I've heard whispers about the running back class is not amazing. Could we see Keaton Mitchell walk into next year being the starter and like capping off an awesome stretch run, man? Like I, I love him, man. I, I will be stunned if they don't add a running back, but I think it will be like a day three running back. Like it's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and usurp anybody's starting role or, or like a, even a free agent running back. Honestly, like I, I it's not going to be like a, like an early round running back or anything like that, but They'll, they'll add somebody for depth, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, don't, I haven't seen anything that tell, outside of worrying about his size and his health to tell me that Keaton Mitchell can't be the starting running back no, for the and, Ravens. And this, this coaching staff, like how many guys who we talk about that have been undersized in Baltimore, like versus standards, like even J.K. Dobbins wasn't a big guy, but Justin Forsett, we can go all the way back Except to that. Forsett, yeah. Like he's basically the exact same size as Justin Forsett. They had no problems giving him a ton of volume. Keaton Mitchell could easily be the same thing. Yeah, he's uh, he's one spot ahead of Gus Edwards, you know, speaking of the Ravens backfield in ECR this week. He's RB 29. Erickson, is that a little low maybe for Mitchell? I mean, it just kind of with the ambiguity of, OK, do they continue to ride him? It just that's what I think. So I'll be more aggressive on it. But I understand with a lot of rankings, you are looking at the median 
of the outcomes. And it's like, you can't rank him too. If, if we knew he was going to be the guy, he'd be ranked as a top 20 running back. But there's still a chance that they still split with Gus. Does he get the red zone work? Gus has really been the guy there. But, you know, if the usage, that's why I said I'm trying to get ahead of the trend. Like, yeah. I think that's going to continue from what we saw. Erickson, can week. I ask you uh, two of your favorite things? Is it Madison or Mitchell if you have to start one of them? I would start Madison. Okay. Okay. Debro, that was one of my who do I start oh. questions for Erickson that you decided to step on there. Uh, we will jump into that section now. This Not is even looking at the is, show outline, just magically just messing up worm. I, love I, it. I don't tell you the the comparisons I'm going to do ahead of time because yeah. I want you guys to sort of give me your instant immediate reactions. Well, should you uh, give me that, kudos that is, for just reading your brain Mitchell over or uh, Madison over Mitchell. Okay. That is, that is the risk. Uh, the who do I start tool is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. You guys can head there and put in your own starter sit questions up to four players at a time. You can even pick and choose from which experts your decision draws. Again, this is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Erickson, I'll just start with you since Debra already jumped the gun. I already had, well, he already asked Keaton Mitchell or Alexander Madison. Uh, I will ask Damian Pierce or Zach Charbonnet. Damian Pierce. How about Alexander Madison or Jerome Ford? D-Bro's guy. I'll start Madison. D-Bro, Chuba Hubbard or Keaton Mitchell? I'm going Hubbard. It's volume. I mean, Hubbard's going to get 20-plus carries alone. I, I, there, there's no way that Mitchell sniffs anywhere close to that, even total touches. How about Jerome Ford or Brees Hall? I'm going Ford. Like, what? what is Hall? Like, we're still so married to that name. Like, Hall has not run for 100 yards and, oh, what is it only once this year versus Denver? I I don't even know if the Jets get into the red zone. How about Javante Williams, speaking of Denver, or Joe Mixon? Ooh. Two of my favorite things. I think I'm going to go with Mixon on this one. Who yeah. do you like in those two, Erickson, uh, Javante or Joe Mixon? Yeah, so I have Javante ranked higher. The only My only reservations about Mixon are, obviously, he was there. I've got them back to back. Um, and Grover Stewart's back for the Colts. So the run defense has been horrible since he's been suspended, but he's going to be back this week and he's not coming off an injury. He's just been suspended. So I think that Mixon's rushing production could be more lackluster than what we've seen the Colts give up on the ground. But I, I, that game environment's pretty, pretty good between the Bengals and Colts. I kind of like that. So I already um, bet the over for it too, but I, I think I still lean on Javante. Debro, give me your first must start wide receiver. All right, well, I know it's been a tough path. I know that he's still got to contend with Desmond Ritter, but I think that Drake London needs to be in lineups this week, and a lot of it's just the matchup, man, versus the Buccaneers. They've allowed the 10th most PPR points per target to uh, perimeter wide receivers, second most receiving touchdowns um, since week eight. So I get it's not pretty, and I'm not telling people to believe in Desmond Ritter, but you need to believe in the talent of Drake London. I... I I can't wait to see London when he gets a good quarterback. Oh, my Lord. It's going to be fantastic. Where are you uh, ranking him this week? London, I've I've bounced him around in ranks. I've had him anywhere from like a low-end two to a high-end three. Where have I got he's him He's right wide now? receiver 30 in ECR for the record. I've got him wide receiver 27. He's somewhere in the same conversation as... I think him versus Garrett Wilson is an extremely interesting conversation, both dealing with... Eh, quarterbacks and in pretty good matchups are you confident in london under arthur smith if the quarterback improves or do you think he needs a different head coach as well 
he needs different all of the above. Just just cleanse it. Burn it all down. Just just cleansing by fire. That's what would need to happen. Yeah. Uh, Erickson, give me your top must-start receiver. Brandy Cooks. Brandy Cooks in a great matchup this week against the Eagles. Going to be a shootout. He, Cooks has 40-plus receiving yards in five of his last six games. He's been a wide receiver two in four of his last six games. So, look, the Eagles... The Eagles have like one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Like I get that they're 10 and two or whatever the record is very, very solid, but their defense is horrible. Like it's, it's really, really bad. And I think Dak Prescott is going to rip them to shreds. And I think Brandon cooks has really carved out that wide receiver two role ahead of Gallup ahead of Tolbert. Like those guys are buried on the depth chart where cooks is involved, especially as of late since this offense started to cook. So I really like Brandon cooks. Where do you have him ranked? He is wide receiver 24 for me. Yeah, he's definitely somebody that like. Have we said his name on this show this season? I'm not actually we sure we have, have not. Uh, I, I would need I to go back so. and check, but I really don't think we have. No. Well, he wasn't doing anything when the Cowboys offense kind of started out slow. Like there wasn't enough for him to do anything, so mm-hmm. people kind of forgot about him. But then they kind of came to fruition. Was like, hey, you want this part of this offense? Cooks is a really cheap access point to it, and now we're kind of seeing that play out where oh. He is that other piece, again, not putting up like lamb wide receiver one numbers, but putting up very solid numbers because he's just in an offense that is one of the best at passing the ball. Yeah, I mean, his wide receiver finishes in half PPR to start the year, 76, 89, 61, <laughs> 81. Then he went 19, 21, but then 97. So, yeah, that those first really nine weeks, he only had two startable startable games and even those we, were just wide receiver two weeks we talked about this off air and stuff you want to talk about the quarterback that could be in the mvp conversation Shh, dak prescott's playing out of his that should mind, be in the mvp man. conversation yes. yeah he is i mean he's, he's playing he's, amazing he's, football i think dude. he's tied with hurts as the favorite as he should be yeah. he should he's, be he's the runaway awesome. favorite right now the whole, the whole offense has been really really fun to watch the last you know month and a half or however mm-hmm. long it's been um d bro sticking with you for your next must start receiver um, all the favorite things here, boys. Cortland Sutton. He just continues to score touchdowns. Um, just is what it is. Uh, and look at the matchup. I talked about I like Javante this week. I also like Cortland Sutton. I mean, the Bolts, uh, looking at them since week six, 14th and PPR points per target and receiving yards uh per game allowed to perimeter wide receivers. Sutton's been the only thing working in that passing attack it ain't jerry judy it's not a tight end it's not marvin mims it's nobody so when russ drops back whether he's looking in the end zone whether he's looking deep it's sutton it's sutton it's sutton and it's sutton so in talking about javante we said he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns he's you know regression is coming he's going to score touchdowns why are we not saying the reverse for sutton he scored a ton of touchdowns regression is coming he's going to stop and i am actually on your side here, Debra, but just play mm-hmm. devil's advocate. Why yeah. is it not going away? Because he's the only show in town. There is no other receiver in that offense. Like point to who else is going to catch passes, much less who else does Russ trust when they get inside the 20, when he goes and shoots for the end zone, man, like Sutton's end zone targets are through the freaking roof. And that's why I'll continue to bet on him scoring touchdowns because there is like, if Javante doesn't get the touchdowns or Russ doesn't run it in, What's your third option if it's not Sutton? It's not Adam Troutman. It ain't Marvin Mims. Not Jerry Judy. Who else? Nobody. 
He's only had three games this season where his final you know, fantasy production was not in between 11 and 17 fantasy points. And two of those games, he was at eight and nine. So really, he's only had one game this whole season that he wasn't between eight and 17 fantasy points. Just like remarkably consistent every if, single week. You know exactly what you're getting. If he had a receiving yardage ceiling, like if he was not putting up like 50 to 60, maybe 70 yards, but if Sutton was putting up like 80 and 90, people would be buzzing about him and everybody would be loving him this year. If he was doing that, he would be living up to what Erickson expected him to do last year, yep. finally. It's fair. Which uh, he obviously did not do. Guys, it's December, which means it's holiday season, and we are excited to share that our new customer holiday offer for our premium tools for a limited time. You can double the length of your new subscription when you upgrade to any of our premium plans. That's for free that you can double it. That means you get a full extra year when you upgrade on an annual plan. So if you're looking to get premium access well into the 2025 season, this offer is for you. Check out fantasypros.com slash promo to take advantage of our holiday offer and double your subscription for free today. Erickson, give me your next must-start receiver. Talked about it on the prediction show earlier this week. Elijah Moore. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns. I think that he's going to be the wide receiver one this week. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to play. He's dealing with a concussion. He's also dealing with a rib injury from Amari Cooper. I'm like, man, I don't want to play this week. Like, let Elijah Moore cook. We saw 12 targets last week from Joe Flacco, 29% target share. He only caught four passes, but he had 83 yards. He had over 250 air yards. I know a lot of them were prayer yards where it's like, there's no, there's no way this guy's going to catch this ball. But hey, at least Joe Flacco is looking for him down the field, which we just haven't really seen a lot. From this Browns offense, we just saw the Jaguars secondary get shredded by Jake Browning on Monday Night Football. Their secondary has kind of been a mess all year long, allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing perimeter wide receivers. And I point that out because Elijah Moore last week actually played his lowest slot snap rate of the season. So Moore is usually looked at as, oh, he's the slot guy. Not the case last week. They moved him outside a little bit more. David Bell was a slot receiver with Cedric Tillman also working on the perimeter. So uh, Elijah Moore. Like, even if Mari Cooper plays, I still think that he's a strong flex play, especially with the matchup and the chemistry he already has with Joe Flacco. So, again, it didn't, you know, translate into a ton of fantasy production last week, but Elijah Moore is another player that we're talking about. When you just look at the total amount of yards he's seen, the total amount of targets, he only has one touchdown this year. Eventually, those are going to regress just based on the amount of usage he's getting. So, I like Elijah Moore as an upside flex wide receiver three play this week. Would yeah, jump Erickson, out to me? Go, go ahead, Warren. I was just going to say, Erickson was right. We talked about it Tuesday. We were all over it last week. When Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback, I'm starting Elijah Moore. Yeah, man. And what jumped out to me when I was writing out the primer, Elijah Moore's A dot last week. <laughs> you could, we, we could talk about like all the all the air yards. His A dot was 21.4. <laughs> like, <laughs> where, where did that come from? Because the Holy rest cow. of the season, Elijah Moore has been like, Five yards, six yards, seven Joe, yards. Joe Flacco oh. doesn't Woo! get out of bed unless he's throwing the ball 40 yards downfield on average. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> hey, man, oh, all man. the Flacco overs, baby. I hit the hat trick last week, so I'm here for it. I, I obviously don't like watching him on an AFC North team, but it is just fun watching Joe Flacco play quarterback. It just, like, takes me back to my, you know, early days of Ravens fandom. Worm, but, yeah, like, how, how torn would you be if Joe Flacco took the Browns to the playoffs and beat, and beat the Ravens don't, in the playoffs? Don't, don't, how don't, torn don't. would That's you be? That's not going to happen. <laughs> just, for, first— I'm just saying it, it can't How happen like be? for for as as fun as Flacco is 
the Ravens defense would like completely like, <laughs> yeah, smother I'm him. I'm pretty sure John Harbaugh knows how to stop Jeff. Flacco. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I just elite players play elite. They just they overcome the tough matchups, it, man. It, what can it, I say? It, it's not going to happen. So it's it's not worth but, me fretting about and thinking about the like nightmares and waking up in a cold sweat that would happen if you know, it you're going to play think about out it tonight because it's not going to happen. You're going to so think about it when I, you lay down tonight. I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, start Elijah Moore. Uh, D-Row, give me your next must-start receiver. So the guy that I want to bring up here, and I know I'm going down uh, down the ranks a little bit here, but Khalil Shakir is a name that I want to bring up because I know people might be struggling for upside, especially at the flex or in deep leagues. I love Shakir, and I almost wanted to mention when we were coming up with names, like I was like, I want to put two Bills guys on here because I love Gabe Davis and I love Khalil Shakir this week, man. But looking at Shakir specifically, he has been fantastic. Whenever they've given him an opportunity uh, since week eight, He's had 2.2 yards per route run. He's second on the team in deep targets. KC has struggled versus deep passing over the last few weeks, as well as they have struggled mightily. Everybody that's not getting covered by Legereus Snead just goes off and have his days. Like Jacoby Myers had a day versus KC. Uh, Khalil Shakir is going to have a day versus them. Since week eight, Kansas City is allowing the third most PPR points per target to slot wide receivers. So, it might sound like I'm trying to just go out on a limb, but high total game. If it's not Stefan Diggs catching bombs from uh, Josh Allen, it's going to be Gabe Davis and it's going to be Khalil Shakir. So who do you like better at value? Gabe Davis at wide receiver 33 in ECR or Khalil Shakir at wide receiver 48? Uh, I'll go Shakir. Um, I, I love both of them this week, but I've got Shakir ranked at, where'd you say ECR was on him, Worm? 48. That's in half PPR. I've got... I do expect that to go up a little. I'm looking for Shakira. I've got him at 42, but I'm honestly considering... Yeah, I'm going to pump him up. Like, So, Shakira, I've got a wide receiver 40. Where was Gabe Davis at? 33. I've got Gabe Davis at wide receiver 25. So you you are much higher on Davis. I know Davis wasn't the pick here, but I'm curious since we brought him up and he's you know going to be a guy that people have to make decisions on. Wide receiver 25 for you, Erickson. You got him wide receiver 36 currently. Fitz has him down at wide receiver 40. So Debra is definitely the high man. What are you not seeing on, on Gabe Davis, Erickson? I mean, it's Gabe Davis. I mean, he's like one of the most inconsistent wide receivers. I mean, like Debra is just, he's putting in that this is a Gabe Davis week. Like, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, and if you if you rank him accordingly, he's going to be a top 24 guy, not mm-hmm. outside the top, or in the 30. So the 30 range is really more of a hedge because it's really, he's either wide receiver 80 or wide receiver 20, uh, you know, on most weeks. So, Again, just look at the total. Should be a shootout. So he's going to go off this week. Gabe I'm Davis. It. He's going and, and off. I, I actually like the call. It's like you know, it's probably going to be one of Shakir or Gabe Davis. You know, and also you have to factor in how does the offense maybe change a little bit if Dawson Knox is back. You know, are they, are they running two more two tight end sets? You know, if Shakir's not on the field as much because they are doing more two tight end sets, then it's going to be more opportunities for Gabe Davis because now he's not competing with targets for another receiver. He's competing with targets with two tight ends. So. Yeah, I think that's definitely worth the upside play on Gabe Davis well, and Shakir. Going down the, the Davis just real, real fast, the other reason that I'm so high on him is because Legereus Sneed has been locked down this year. If he doesn't see any of Legereus Sneed and he's on Stefan Diggs, the two corners Casey is running out there is a tandem of Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. Joshua Williams is allowing a 66% catch rate, 119 passer rating in coverage. Jalen Watson's no better, 117 passer rating in coverage. Both of these guys have been getting shredded on the outside. 
quickly. Uh, it gave, gave Davis's game log is just hilarious. His wide receiver finished in week five. <laughs> 7, yeah. 89, 88, 10, 135, 34, Jeez. 136, 7. And then the bye week last week. So that's, uh, that's the Cave Davis roller coaster. I know. It's, yeah. it's just the roller coaster, baby. You're, you ride it. You don't know when to get you, off. You, must you don't be know this if you're going to puke, but it's happening. Cave Davis roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, Erickson, give me your last must start receiver. Going to Josh Downs. So Colts rookie wide receiver. The Bengals have been one of these defenses that we've been targeting with our tight ends this year. We saw Evan Ingram have a really big game against them, specifically against the slot. So now with the Colts, it's not, I'm not coming on here saying, oh, you got to start a Colts tight end because they use four different guys. <laughs> they had four guys run 12 routes last week. And that is just pulling your hair out, trying to figure out, well, you can't start any of these tight ends. So, but I do think that there is a semblance of, okay, the Colts defense is weak, or excuse me, the Bengals defense is weak over the middle of the field. So, who do I know about the Colts? Josh Downs is their primary slot receiver. So I trust in Shane Steichen to expose the matchup inside for a guy like Josh Downs, who up until last week had really been the second guy in the offense. Now, Alec Pierce obviously popped off for a big week. That's going to happen just how often he Alec Pierce plays. He's their downfield threat. I don't expect the targets necessarily to be there for Alec Pierce because they haven't been there all year long. It's really been Michael Pittman and Josh Downs. So Josh Downs coming off a less involved week. He only had five targets, three catches for 14 yards. He still was involved, had ran around on 79% of the dropbacks. So I think this is a buy low opportunity. Again, the last game we saw Jaguars receivers, slot receivers, Christian Kirk, before he left the game, had a massive reception from the slot. Parker Washington, never heard of all year long. It just pops off a big game. Why? Because he was a slot receiver for the Jags. So I really like Josh Downs, kind of a sleeper player this week. Been kind of quiet the last two weeks, but I think he can pop off here in a matchup I like a lot for the Colts offense. Debra, who do I start, Tool? Are you starting Drake London or Josh Downs? I'm going to go London. I'm probably going to hate myself for it, but I'm going to go London. How about Cortland Sutton or Puka Nakua? I don't answer non Puka questions. It's always Puka. Come on, don't 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 don't. I just, he's a little you banged think, up. You he's, think it's been a thing? He's the Ravens. He's bad, 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 bad weather. And you know Sutton's going to get in a touch. I'm. Just, I know. I know. I'm just I asking see, questions here. I see here. you, Worm. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. No. Um, Shakir is ranked low enough that I didn't want to pick a name. So just give me some names that you're starting Shakir over. Uh, I will consider starting Shakir over Chris Godwin. I will start Shakir over Noah Brown. I will start Shakir over Zay Jones, T. Higgins, Jaden Reed. Um, Jordan Addison? Yes, over Jordan Addison. Okay. Uh, Erickson, Brandon Cooks or Garrett Wilson? Brandon Cooks. Elijah Moore or JSN? Elijah Moore. Josh Downs or Adam Thielen? Just Downs. Adam Thielen's still on a team? What? <laughs> they are ranked close together in their, like, back-to-back in uh, in ECR. So. Look, because Adam Thielen has to be ranked somewhere, but we all know it, it, it's over. It's that, over, I, man. That question there, didn't even, like, it wasn't just so much the question. It was Erickson's reaction. To I know. You're, well, you're, you're acting like it's crazy, and I agree with you that it's a clear answer, but... <laughs> These are questions people will have oh, because baby. of where these guys are ranked in ECR, <laughs> which is why, in fact, oh. Thielen is actually higher than Downs in ECR currently. Oh, yeah, no, he has no, Because no. he's got to pop up in the projections. He's a projections guy. And, and look, yeah. I'll admit, yeah. the Saints, a lot of man coverage, and that's where Adam Thielen has been his best, is against man coverage. I get that. But again, this is why we were screaming from the rooftops to sell high. And like, yeah. we knew that the garbage time production was not going to continue. 
And what do you know? Where, where do you have Downs ranked? Where do you have Thielen ranked, Erickson? Because I'm with you. I've got Downs like Downs, downs is up here. Out of Thielen's like. Look, I, I get I get the question. Like I have Thielen ranked thirty because I could just that's. Oh, where you he just get the question now after laughing in me <laughs> in my in my face. <laughs> no, because I just can't. I can't. If, if I owned Adam Thielen in any league, which I don't, because I didn't draft him, it's like <sighs> I I don't know how you're even considering starting him. Like, yeah. I mean, if people own him, like that dream's you, dead, why? man. It's been dead for a few weeks. <laughs> like, even though the match again, talk about the matchup against the Saints again, a lot of man coverage. That's where Thielen's been its best. But it's like, are you really going to start Adam Thielen? Like, I don't think you can over like, Josh Downs. No. Over well, any, well, let me ask you a different anybody. Downs question. Then let me ask you the same one I asked Steve, bro. Josh Downs or Drake London? <sighs> oh, you're asking that to me now? Um, yeah. Josh Downs, I think would probably be because I think he's way more upside. Just Drake London just doesn't have like wide receiver one upside just because of the offense he plays in. Like he has to catch uh-huh. touchdown. Um, whereas I think Josh Downs, again, just really like this game Colts and Bengals. Yep. I think it goes over. Yeah. And I think that means Josh Downs could um, be more involved. <laughs> All right, Debra, we'll wrap up quickly with the quarterback tight end and defense slash special teams. Give me your three guys there. Oh, we got all of our downs love out. Um, then I'm just going to go right back to Gardner Minshew, man. I mean, like, yeah. the Bengals have been such a bad pass defense of the last few weeks. Since week eight, they're allowing the highest yards per attempt, six highest pass rating, and the highest adjusted completion rate. So Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy this week. Isaiah Likely is my tight end. There you go, Worm. There's a Raven for you. But the Chargers have not been able to, or excuse me, the Rams have not been able to uh, wrong LA team have not been able to uh, stop tight ends at all. Six most fantasy points per game, fifth most receiving yards per game. And the defense that I'm going to play this week is, Oh, let me see who's playing the jets. Ah, it's the Texans. <laughs> Texans. Let's go. Uh, Garter Minshew or your boy, CJ Stroud this week. Are you being serious? I don't even, yeah. I think yeah. this is an interesting question. Yeah. Stroud. It's Stroud. Going up against the Jets, I mean, it's a. Tough... I would start Minshew. Yeah, and you I'm love Minshew. I, I'm going Stroud. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable question. They're only yeah, they're like three Stroud. spots apart. In ECR. You started drinking Miller Lights too early in the morning. It's Stroud. <laughs> uh, it's never too early for a Miller Light. Uh, <laughs> Erickson, who would you play of those two? Since you agreed it was an interesting question. Oh, I said I meant said Minshew. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, Erickson, I've seen I've seen enough games through the mud at MetLife Stadium to realize it's not a place you want to play your quarterbacks. Before we move on with the show, let's take a second to talk about Air MedCare Network. We talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing that all the teams, coaches, and players have in common. Preparation. Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you would pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 per year. And right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code fantasy pros that's fantasy pros with no spaces make financial peace of mind part of your game plan visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros uh erickson give me your qbtedst jordan love is another quarterback i'd start over cj stroud this week i think he's a strong start fantasy qb1 over the last four weeks and you just look at what the giants do on defense they're all the things that jordan love excels again or he's shown that he's been really good against this year giants are a top five man coverage unit 
against man coverage. Love is tied for first in the NFL with nine passing touchdowns, seventh in total fantasy points against man coverage. They blitz a lot. He's PFF's high, fifth highest graded quarterback against the blitz this season, and they're bad against play action. And Love is ranks 12th in terms of play action rate this season. So all the things that Jordan Love does well and they, the offense puts him in position to do are good against the Giants. So I think it's a good matchup, even though on paper the Giants don't pop up as, oh, this team is really bad against quarterbacks. It's just They're bad overall. It's just how teams attack them usually is on the run, but the Packers are a better pass offense than running offense. Um, when it comes to tight end, got this in early in the show sheet because no, it's the did best you? play did you, you can make. <laughs> Cade Otten, I get zero targets last week, which is actually incorrect. He had one target, but it was taken off because of an offensive pass interference call. Played 98% of snaps, ran a route on 30 of 32 Baker Mayfield dropbacks by the dip because the matchup last week was horrible, so he was predictably horrible. The Falcons are the team that keeps on giving to the tight end position, allowing six smells receiving yards to tight ends this season. I guarantee Cade Otten got dropped in your league. I know he did because mm-hmm. he dropped in all my leagues, scooped him up, starting him this week with confidence. Love Kate Otten. And then last but not least, DST, Packers DST, facing Tommy Cutlets, um, who has the number one sack to pressure rate this season. When he gets pressured, he gets sacked on nearly 50% of those dropbacks. So the Packers are going to get a lot of sacks and then turnovers, et cetera. Sorry, Tommy Cutlets. Uh, Jordan Love or Justin Herbert. They're back-to-back in ECR. Still going to ride Herbert. No, I'm not. Deeper, what do you think about that one? No, it's Love. <laughs> I'm not. No, I've, I've seen Justin Herbert's stat lines recently. I'm not. Mm-mm. Give me Love. Debro, I'm sorry for throwing both a Puka question your way and a CJ Stroud question your way. That was uh, that was my mistake for putting Just that on hateful, you. Hateful man. Just absolutely <laughs> uh, spiteful. I bring up Ravens, yeah. I talk them up, and this is how you repay <laughs> yeah. me. Thank you so much, Worm. <laughs> Quick recap of the guys we're starting. We are starting Chuba Hubbard, Damian Pierce, Javante Williams, Alexander Madison, Jerome Ford, Keaton Mitchell, Drake London, Brandon Cooks, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Khalil Shakir, Josh Downs. Gardner Minshew, Jordan Love, Isaiah Likely, Cade Otten, the Texans defense, and the Packers defense sits. We're talking some must sits this morning. We will start where we always do with the running back position. We'll start with you, Erickson. Uh, I'm going to sit Brees Hall this week. Uh, He's dealing with an ankle injury. I think the matchup is okay against the Texans, but they're playing at home. And MetLife Stadium, there are no points scored in this stadium. Whether it's the Jets playing, the Giants playing, teams don't score points here. So we saw Dalvin Cook get a little bit more involved last week. You have Zach Wilson coming in as starting quarterback again after he was benched (laughs) and was pouting. Dalvin Cook had 10 touches last week in Week 13, which is the most that he's seen in a long time. So just the stigma around the Jets is just not good right now. So even though the matchup I think is okay, I don't think that it's so great that you can rely on Brees Hall, who's basically just getting it done as a receiver. Like that's pretty much all that he's been able to do. I mean, Dalvin Cook rushed for more yards than Brees Hall did last week. So again, I think we're going to see Cook involved again. And Brees Hall, you're just hoping, gets a bunch of dump-off targets from Zach Wilson, who, yes, he was still targeting Brees Hall at a pretty high rate, but not as high as these back quarterbacks for the Jets where you've seen Brees Hall's receiving numbers really spike. If it comes down a little bit, it's just going to hurt him more. So, again, I think that leaving Hall on the bench for someone with more upside makes a lot of sense. Like, what are you going to miss if you bench Brees Hall? Like, is, are the Jets going to score at all? Like, are they going to nope. score a touchdown? Yeah, you know, nope. call me skeptical. 
I mean, he's he's RB twenty two in ECR right now in, in half PPR scoring. You know, even taking consideration those those catches he's having in the last five weeks, RB twenty seven, RB thirty, RB thirteen, RB thirty, RB twenty five. So for the last five weeks, he has not even been as high as RB twenty two. Also, didn't practice on Wednesday. I, I could see him even dropping down further than twenty two. Where do you have him, Erickson? I have Brees Hall RB twenty four. So yeah, I mean, look. There's only two teams on by this week, so I think that there are ways to get around not playing him. I, I think at the end of the day, like you're probably trying to get away from playing Jets players, and you're only playing them because, hey, Brees Hall gets touches, Garrett Wilson you know, gets targets, but you know that the ceiling isn't ever going to be there for any Jets player. Yeah, Deaver, it looks like you've got Hall right at 22, so in line with consensus in your Yeah, we're talking rankings. about this, and I'm, I'm actually moving him down to RB25 because... <laughs> I can't make a good case for Brees Hall. Like I wrote this up in the primer. I'm like, he's just, he's not, he's their wide receiver too. And on the Jets offense, that's not a good role to have people. And I I would take the under on one touchdown. I mean, (laughs) come on. Has anybody watched the Jets offense? I mean, good Lord, man. It's terrible. I don't want to like spend too much time on Brees Hall, but I am kind of curious what you guys think. Like this has been such a lost year, given like the state of the offense and him coming back from the injury. He had a couple of really good games in the middle of the season, but that's also been more than a month away from now. Just quickly, what round do you think he's going to go in, in 2024 draft Steve Rook? Cause this is a guy that everybody was super high on aside from the injury. And now aside from the bad offense, uh, he will not leave the second round. Assuming Rogers comes back. Yeah. Assuming um, a, a reasonable yeah. quarterback situation in New York, Erickson, you th- do you agree with that second round probably next year? Yeah, I think so. I think that he's going to get steamed up and again, another He'll year probably removed. get steamed to the back end of the first. Another, another year removed from the injury, the injury I think is going to yeah. be a really big selling point, you know, regardless of, you know, the quarterback, because he just really hasn't been his explosive self that we saw as a rookie. And I mean, yeah. that was kind of be expected just based on, you know, him coming off an injury last year. Yeah. Well, the offensive line has been, I mean, terrible doesn't even cover it. I mean, yeah. they've, they've been bottom three in run blocking all year. And I don't know if that changes next year either. Yeah. All right. We can move on from Brees Hall. Debra, who you got for your first must-sit running back? Man, this is a guy that I, I went heavy on last week, ranked him aggressively. The matchup is great, and whoo, did he fall on his face. And part of it wasn't just so much Devin Singletary, but I'm sitting in, man. I, it only took Damian Pierce getting a little bit healthier for him to take back over the early down roll, and then Devin Singletary, who... It's crazy to me. He goes out and he balls out for two or three games, plays extremely well. Houston Texans said, eh, doesn't matter. It's all good. We're going to cut your snaps to 46%. He only got nine touches last game, and it's not a good matchup. We're talking about the Jets. One of the few things they actually do well is still play defense. And since week eight, the Jets have the 10th highest stuff rate and sixth lowest um, yards of the contact per, te- per attempt allowed. And so with Devin Singletary, man, like I, I, I don't see a path to a floor. I don't see a path to a ceiling. I just, I don't see it with him. So I think people need to understand that he's not this workhorse bell cow guy that you were plugging into your lineups. He's not even close to that now. So you can't play him. I'm I'm stepping on our who do I start tool section that's going to come up in a little bit. But would you rather start Singletary or Damian Pierce this week, D-Bro? Pierce. I mean, Pierce even got the, the goal line touch. So give me the guy that... If I'm picking somebody from this backfield, I'll take the 12 carries and maybe the goal line look because I don't think that Singletary gets that. Yeah. Erickson, hit me with your next must sit running back. Sit the big dog, Derrick Henry. Because oh. playing on the road. You can't can't play Derrick Henry on the road, guys. Like, talk about mm. this in the betting pros primer. The Titans are a completely different team. 
They play at home versus on the road. I've been ranking Derrick Henry super aggressively the last couple of weeks, like inside the top five, because he was playing at home and he was scoring touchdowns and rushing for a lot of yards and it was looking good. But this week he's playing on the road as double two touchdown underdogs in Miami Dolphins. So the matchup itself, just on the surface, okay, this team's going to be falling from behind. That's horrible for Derrick Henry in negative game script. You're probably going to see more of Tajay Spears anyway. So just based on how the game projects to play, it's not a good spot for Derrick Henry. But then when you look at what the Miami defense has actually done against running backs, so overall in the season, they're top 10 against running backs in fantasy. They are the number three best DST first running backs over the last four weeks. They're allowing the second lowest explosive run rate under 6%, which is tied with the Minnesota Vikings. And every week we talk about don't play running backs against the Vikings because they're mm-hmm. going to shut you down. So, Miami is going to shut down this running game and make the Titans one-dimensional with Will Levis chucking the ball down the field, trying to play catch-up. And what does that mean? Derrick Henry's not even going to be in the game. So I think that this is a spot, yes, I know he's been super productive, but you have to realize that he plays, and this entire offense plays a totally different when they're not at home because their offensive line is not good, and it's much harder for a bad offensive line to play better on the road. It just is. It's just facts, especially with the Tennessee Titans. So Derrick Henry, it's a big name. I'm throwing out here, but there's a reason why he was like inside the top eight ECR the last two weeks. And this week, I believe his ECR is like around 20. Like that's a significant drop off because the matchup is so bad for Derrick Henry on Monday night. It is 20 exactly in ECR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last five weeks is RB finish and half VPR. Three of them have been top six. The other two were outside the top 36. So it's been extremely. And where were those games played? Not in Tennessee. It's been extremely <laughs> hit or miss. And yes, those were both road games. There. Where do you have him this week, Debra? I've got him at 20, but I mean, really, it just kind of comes down to that range of running backs. Uh, you're just kind of picking your flavor, you know, so. I probably will move Derrick Henry down a little bit further. Like I think him versus I think honestly, like Derrick Henry versus Chuba Hubbard is an extremely interesting conversation. I mean, considering that we saw how much work we saw Chuba get, and I think he's going to get that again this week and the saints are a good matchup. So I'm probably going to be moving Henry down, but um, he's still going to stick somewhere like probably like 24 to 27 range when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's reasonable. Fellas, arguably the single biggest reason I moved to Denver is for the skiing. There's absolutely nothing I love more than getting a cabin in the mountains for a couple of days, heading up with some good friends and hitting the slopes. The only thing better is capping off the day with a beer, but not just any beer. Miller Lite, the 96 calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything winter has to offer. I've said this before, but if I'm ranking possible settings for a beer, that first Post-shower, post-ski day beer is my 101 with a bullet. Cracking that Miller Lite just hits different. Of course, if you're skiing with my friends, that might not be your first Miller Lite of the day. More often than not, we're cracking one on the ski lift as well. Getting up early for first tracks, riding up that lift with a few Miller Lite stashed away in your pockets. Yeah, that's always a good call. So the next time you want to make the most of your winter memories, whether you're at an ugly Christmas sweater party, enjoying the game with pals, or sharing laughter on the slopes, live those winter moments with Miller Lite. With a Miller Lite, in your hand winter doesn't just taste great it tastes like miller time to get miller light delivered right to your door visit millerlight.com slash fantasy pros that's millerlight.com slash fantasy pros or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces Debra, where's your 
101 setting for for cracking open a Miller Lite. Mine's mine, Ooh. like I said, after a long day on the slopes. Yours and is not allowed to be in the hot tub on the Fantasy Pros team trip. Six is hey, two a.m. hot tub Fantasy Pros retreat. No, no, can't can't use that. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Worm. Then mine probably is four p.m. on the boat in the ocean saltwater fishing and it's about 102 degrees outside and we're on the way back to the camp so i i was gonna say i mean i'm not i don't have really done much saltwater fishing but i'm with you on Mm. on a boat is a is a very strong contender it's definitely a first round pick what about you erickson beach anywhere like just heat if it's hot out there's nothing like more refreshing than cracking a cold one yeah we all Mm. we all love miller light on this show d bro hit me with your next must sit running back Man, the tires are flat, baby. Got to get off the gus bus. It's not going anywhere. It's 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 staying in neutral. It's in park. It's not a fun ride. Um, he's not the leader of this backfield anymore, man. That's Keaton Mitchell. And I know people might play Gus Edwards, and I bring him up because he's been one of those like high end kind of flex plays, RB two, RB three, weekly basis. And people are like, well, I mean, it's not a bad bet to chase the touchdowns, and you can still do that. But unless Gus gets a touchdown, you're going to be extremely upset with yourself that you played him. And looking at this matchup, if Baltimore wants to move the ball, they're going to have to pass because you cannot run on the Rams. So looking at the Rams since week eight, second lowest explosive run rate, third lowest rushing touchdown rate. So even if you're playing for the touchdowns with Gus, probably ain't going to happen. So I think the people need to be sitting Gus and understand also that Keaton Mitchell is that guy now. So the one thing with Gus that I will say, and I'm with you on almost all these points, is the weather in Baltimore this Sunday is heavy rains and heavy winds. That is the type of game that just screams like Gus Edwards run around kind of in the mud, in the muck, and a very like ugly game that is relying on this physical ground game. Does that change your opinion at all on starting Gus this week? No, not really. I, I am a known weather fader. I don't care about the weather unless it's like monsoon season and we're talking about sustained 25 mile an hour winds and things like that. A lot of the things that you look at, rain doesn't make that big of a difference. Again, less it's like a monsoon. So for me, I, I fade a lot of the weather. I mean, some of that just kind of comes from my DFS approach. So yeah, I don't really care if it's raining or if it's sunny. Dear, I'm going to step on a second one of your the who do I start, you know, comparisons I brought for you. Cause it's again, two guys in the same backfield and you already mentioned them both Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell in ECR are back to back in the rankings. Who are you starting between the two? Is it actually Mitchell? Like you said, Oh, it's Mitchell. It's definitely Mitchell, man. I want the guy that you talk about not like, I'm not banking on the fact of what he has to do as far as at the goal line. If either one of these guys, who am I going to, bank on the fact of who has the juice, who can break off a 40 or 50 yard run. I don't think that's Gus. I know we've seen it do it a few times this year. I know the like, what was like the 70 or 80 yard reception he got? Yeah, that was like a broken play though. I I was excited. I'm not hoping for that. So give me Keaton Mitchell, man. Yeah. Uh, All right, Erickson, give me your next must sit guy. Uh, Ken Walker. Uh, If he plays in this matchup, I know that he is participating in practice, but so is Zach Charbonnet. So I don't know how this backfield is going to shake out when they were both healthy before Walker's injury. Charbonnet was eating into Walker's role as a receiver. He wasn't seeing a lot of targets, but he was running a lot of routes. So, but, but with them both coming off injuries and that they're both playing, I, 
we're going to see a committee approach. That's what I would guess. Mm -hmm. And it's a horrible matchup. They're playing on the road against the 49ers who are going to score 30 points at least. (laughs) And they're going to, that means they're going to be trailing. So I know Seattle made magic happen last Thursday night against Dallas. I just don't know if we're going to see it again, you know, two weeks in a row with, with Gino hitting DK Metcalf for these big plays, keeping them in the game. Um, Gino Smith has been really bad against the 49ers the last four times he's played them as the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. So I'm just worried about the Seahawks offense overall and committee horrible matchup on the road for Niners third best defense in terms of allowing points to running backs this season. So yeah, I get that. A lot of times you want to start running backs, you know, if they're coming back from injury, you've seen it work with Kyron Williams, obviously coming back. He had a massive game, but we've also seen the other side of the coin where HN came back and did nothing. So Walker for me is just, I got to see it first before I can put it back. So where are you going to rank him? Because ECR has not caught up to that. He's kind of maybe a little bit back on the practice field. Let's assume he plays because, again, most experts are ranking him as if he's they're not ranking. him. He's not going to play. He's ECR like RB 64 or something that will go up if he's playing, obviously. But where do you think you'll actually have him if he is healthy? So I have him, I think, at RB 27. So, I mean, they're both going to be in the RB3 range, him and Charbonnet. But it's really more or less like, I mean, if you're going to start somebody, go start Walker because he's been the starter when both of them have been healthy. But it's really like, hey, this is more of a desperation volume play as because sometimes you're just stuck and you're like, I have to start a second running back. Whereas I'd rather flex or like it's going to be flex X receiver here versus Ken Walker. Like I'm always going to probably take the ride receiver, but you're going to have to only start Walker if, hey, I have to start another RB too. Like, who do I play? And Walker would probably be that guy for most people. Yeah, Debra, if you go to the staff rankings, you can see Fitz has him RB27, Erickson has him RB27. You got him RB80, but I, that's obviously injury-related. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so where yeah. will you have him if he's Very healthy bold, and playing? 80. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I kind of lean on the fact that, like, I don't think that he plays this yeah. week. But if he does play, I'm with Erickson. I'm holding hands. Like, I think it's RB3 range. And if you're going to pick, like, who am I going to rank – so I, I, if Charbonnet is out, I almost can make you a decent case to rank DJ Dallas maybe ahead of Ken Walker. Because if they're trailing, Ken Walker's been the early down guys in the previous iterations of this backfield. Like when we've seen Charbonnet have the role, Charbonnet's been the passing down guy. So if we think Seattle's going to trail them, which the line, the spread, everything, all those things tell us that, then DJ Dallas might actually get more work also being the healthiest guy out of this backfield than even Ken Walker, assuming Charbonnet is out. So Walker's an RB3 and not a great one to me. D-Bro, sticking with you, give me your last must-sit running back. It's Khalil Herbert, man. I don't know what to make out of this backfield for Chicago, but I know one damn thing. I know that Khalil Herbert's probably not going to lead them in touches. You look at his workload, went from 18 touches in week 11 all the way down to eight. And he played 21% of the snaps. Now, I wrote this up in the primer. Maybe that had something to do with, you know, Minnesota's going to blitz a lot. They don't trust him in pass protection. Who knows, man? I mean, the Cleo Harbor could go out there and get eight touches. He can go out there and get 15 touches. And neither one of those would surprise me. But regardless of that, the matchup is terrible. And if it, this does stay Roshan's backfield, you're going to not want to play Khalil Herbert. So I don't care that he got 18 touches that, that week. The week before that, when he played, he got 10. The week before that, he got 22. I can't, I'm not going to stay married to previous volume. If you're looking for a flex play to get into your lineup, it's not Khalil Herbert, man. Herbert is RB35 in ECR. Is that too high, too low, or just right, bro? It's too high. I, I I think that's about the range where people should be looking at Roshan. He will be my highest uh, ranked Chicago Bears running back this week. 
Let's jump into a little more in the Who Do I Start tool. For everybody listening, this is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there, put in your own starter sit questions up to four players at a time, which is a feature I really like. You can even pick and choose from which experts your decision draws. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Erickson, Derek Henry, or James Cook this week? I guess I'd probably start James Cook. You sound really convicted in that. I, mean, um, I, just, I just don't love Cook's role in his offense. Yeah. I'll say James Cook easy. I'll yeah. take James Cook. Not even clo- It's not even close to me. How about uh, Derek Henry or DeAndre Swift, who are back-to-back in ECR? Mm. I'm going to take uh, Swift. I just like, Do- I mean, I just, again, I'm just looking at game environments. Like, Swift is just playing in a game that's going to be fast-paced, going to be a ton of scoring, mm. so he could fall in the end zone, whereas Derek Henry's like, sick we're down 14 he's not even on the field he's not in the game so yeah. hard to score points and you're not on the field and then it was hard to come up with names for walker because like i said in our actual consensus rankings he hasn't moved up yet um since starting to practice but who are just some names that might surprise people that you would start over walker this week keaton mitchell alexander madison damian pierce Oh, you, Erickson starting Alexander Madison. You know that that's a significant oh. uh, decision for him. Um, Dero, I already asked you a couple of yours because they came up naturally in your segment. So I've just got one for you. Khalil Herbert or Tajay Spears? I'll go with Spears. I mean, Erickson's laid out the case here. Um, even if Spears is getting the empty calorie snaps, I still would rather go with those than no snaps at all for Khalil Herbert. Let's move into the wide receivers here, guys. We went, little, we went a little long on the running backs. Erickson, must sit wide receiver number one. Who you got? Cooper Cup. You talked about this game being kind of gross from a weather mm-hmm. standpoint. So it's just avoid all Rams receiver. Like if you don't, especially Cooper Cup. Like we talked about him as a sit last week and I was right, except for he scored a touchdown, but still had no yards <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. Look at Cooper Cup. He hasn't had 50 receiving yards since week six. What week is it, guys? It's week 14. He has had 50 receiving yards. Like, and it's not that he's not getting opportunities. Like, the targets are there. Routes are there. Snaps are all there for Cooper Cup. So I don't know if he's actually hurt or not. I don't know if he's dealing with the injury. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's just not the same guy. Again, guys get hurt and they don't always come back as the same elite producers. Like, this happens. So as an older player, maybe we were just starting to see the downward trend of Cooper Cup. And I just think right now in this matchup that is absolutely horrible against the Ravens in bad weather for a dome team. Like we've seen two like good teams go to Baltimore and just absolutely lay eggs. Geno Smith and Jared Goff. I think Matthew Stafford in this passing game is going to be the third offense to do so, especially if the weather's bad. So no, I'm notab- notably both NFC teams. And again, yep. Rams, another NFC team coming. It's we know Lamar usually crushes West Coast them, to so. East Coast, a dome team. Bat- like, All the narratives so are in favor like, of get, yeah. get out. Like I have to start Cooper Cup in one of my dynasties because like everyone else is hurt. And I'm like, Sick. Isn't, isn't it crazy, though? Like, <laughs> we, we were talking before the show about Tyree Kill's MVP chances, and we were comparing him to, well, if Cooper Cup couldn't win in 2021, that was two years ago that Cooper Cup was um, the greatest player in fantasy history. Not literally, but like an awesome, awesome season just two seasons ago. And now here, 2023, it's these receivers like, like Cooper Cup peaked. Michael Thomas. Remember, he, he was like the yep. guy and then he got and then it was just done. And, and, and Michael Thomas too, like his his year where he was talking about his MVP. I mean, he had two different quarterbacks. Like if there was ever a season to give it to a receiver, it'd be like one that his quarterback actually got hurt and he still put up absolute monster numbers. And yet, no, it wasn't the MVP. So, yeah. yep, that's uh, that that uh, 
trajectory it, that we don't like to see from Cup. They say the NFL stands for not for long, and, and they are right. Debra, give me your first must-sit wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins, man. I, I don't want any receivers that are trying to catch uncatchable targets from Will <laughs> Levis. Um, you, I mean, depending on what, how you want to talk about Levis, the offensive line, his quarterback play just in general, um, it doesn't lean you to want to play DeAndre Hopkins, much less if we look at the matchup. Matchup is terrible, man. He's going to be running most of his routes against Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, since he's come back, has allowed a 36% catch rate and a 7, I said 7.4 passer rating in his coverage. Miami has shut down boundary receivers since week 8, 6 the lowest PPR points per target allowed to boundary receivers. Add in all of this stuff, and if you play DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be the same thing as if you put mayo in your coffee. You're going to hate life. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Erickson, you and Fitz are both a few spots higher on Hopkins than Debro is. Are you looking at this game differently, or it's just you could have it could have been in a number of different places? I just think that he's going to get targets. And again, he he if he gets 12 targets, catches four of them, like he could go for 50, 60 uh, yards. Actually, four of those 12 are actually catchable. So let's just well, throw that's what out I mean. There. It's just like yeah. they're going to be trailing and they're not afraid to have Will Levis just rip it ball down. It only takes one ball for DeAndre Hopkins to come down with a deep ball for him to put up fantasy points. So that's why I kind of view him in that range, because I just think that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot in Miami because they're going to be trailing. Uh, people give me a hard time for like my, you know, appetite and diet a lot because I can't smell. So I like eat things differently. Even I wouldn't do mayo and coffee. That is like very, very much. Several I, I, isn't steps it not too far. actually, it's not I'll, actually real though. It's like a bit. It, it's I didn't a know bit. that. Is it, is it a bit? No, I it's a bit. It's yeah. a bit, but he's actually done it. Like yeah. you, can, exactly. you yeah, could not like even pay mayo. me. Like you sponsored. could not even pay me to do that. Like yeah. I would, I would straight uh, up bomb. I didn't think he did it all the time, but I, I, I thought he had actually done it at least once, which I would not mm. do. Uh, mm. Erickson, give me your next must sit receiver. Ooh. Calvin Ridley. Don't want it. Not against the Browns. No Trevor Lawrence potentially. I, I can't have it happen. So Ridley's already been a super boomer bust wide receiver all year long. He's essentially Cabe Davis or Gabe Davis wearing a Jaguars jersey. Um, even last week, we saw like the entire experience with Calvin Ridley. It's like he's getting open sometimes, but then he doesn't catch like balls when he's open. He makes a great catch, call back by penalty. So he always sees like high value targets every single week. And it's just like, is this the week he comes down with them or doesn't convert them into actual production? So he's been so matchup dependent that he booms in the really good matchups. You know, with Zay Jones in the lineup, et cetera. But this is a matchup against the Browns. They're playing on the road. The Browns have been a totally different defense at home versus on the road. Like, on the road, they've been actually, like, legitimate bad. Like, teams have been able to score points on the Browns. But at home in Ohio, like, no offense is going in there and being productive. So, again, with with Trevor Lawrence banged up, potentially not playing, I want no part of Calvin Ridley, especially with Denzel Ward now off the injury report. He's going to play in this game and the Browns have missed him. So I think Ward's going to lock up Calvin Ridley. Debro, how are you approaching the just the Jags offense in general, assuming Trevor Lawrence is out this week? Ugh, it's, it's pretty gross, man. I mean, Ridley. Are, are you starting ranked, anybody like in the passing game? At uh, least? In the passing game, it's rough, man. I mean, I think in deep leagues, I wrote up Parker Washington makes some sense. Um, I understand that people have to start Ridley and and, and then we're going to get to Evan Ingram and stuff. But like you better temper your expectations. If you need ceiling out of your lineup, you're probably not going to get it from Ridley. You're probably not going to get it from Ingram. So you need to 
if you have to play with either one of those guys, you need to make up for that type of ceiling other spots in your lineup. Like, I don't want to play those guys unless I absolutely have to. Debra, let me stick with you here for your next must-sit wide receiver. Oh, man. Um, is Chris Godwin ever going to have a good game the rest of the season? I know they keep talking about it. I know they keep talking about getting him more involved and what that looks like, and then he goes out and just posts another stinker. So I, I don't know if we see another good Chris Godwin game for the rest of the season, man. It's just, it has not happened. He's wide receiver 44 in fantasy points per game. He's had zero, zero double-digit fantasy point outings since week eight, guys. We're in week freaking 14. He can't even get to double digits in fantasy points since week eight. There's no way in hell I'm playing him in fantasy. I, I'm Now that the buys are done i'm not even sure i would want to roster him like i know the name and like you think about the upside of a guy like of his talent that he's had in his career but he's just not performed like a viable option and with the buys wrapping up at the end of this week there's only two this week your bench is less relevant like i would very strongly consider dropping him for like a high upside like backup running back that could fall into a starting role or something like do you think that's reasonable Debra? like i just i think it's absolutely what's he doing on my team i'm not playing him I mean, you could drop Chris Godwin and I, and I would not have any qualms about it and pick up, I mean, you know, talking about like shallow benches, smaller leagues, things like that. Like if JSN is out there, hell, I'd even rather play Elijah Moore this week, assuming Amari Cooper is out. I don't care if Joe Flacco is throwing the damn ball. Give me him Elijah Moore over Chris Godwin. He's put on more consistent production. I, I, I do care that, that Joe balance. Flacco's still throwing him the ball because Flacco loves well, to throw you, to Elijah Moore. That's actually helpful. You more. like elite players. I know the Baltimore ties. I get <laughs> it, Worm. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Erickson, give me your next must sit. Jordan Addison. Um, pretty underwhelming with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. No more than 11 PPR points in four starts with Dobbs. So basically, he's been a wide receiver three at four at best. And that's despite seeing six plus targets in all four of those games, the targets are not going to go up with Justin Jefferson coming back. They're going to go down. So if we're looking at three to four targets for Jordan Addison against the Raiders, so, so matchup, not as bad as we usually see from the Raiders. They've been a better defense this year than in years past, but we know TJ Hawkins is still going to get his targets because Josh Dobbs loves tight ends. He did it in Arizona. He's done it so far in Minnesota. Jefferson's going to be the one that's seen the most looks that he's back and healthy. So Jordan Addison, like again, another player that, you know, kind of like Chris Godwin where, okay, like he was a wide receiver four with Dobbs. He's not going to be better with Jefferson back. Cause he doesn't see as much volume. We still don't know what we're going to see from Dobbs from a passing perspective. So Addison's another name where it's like, you can probably drop him too. Like, like what is he going to do over the next couple of weeks? That's going to be, Oh, I need to keep this guy on my roster. Again, he's another name brand. He's a rookie, which I like betting on rookies in the second halves of seasons, but just the scopes of the offense with Jefferson back. Maybe you hold him for one more week, make sure Jefferson is actually back 100%. But besides that, it's like, I don't really see Addison being a player you can start with any confidence for the rest well, of the season. Well, is there anything to Jefferson coming back, taking defensive attention away from Addison and that kind of opening things up for him? I mean, not with Dobbs at quarterback. I, I, I mean, I, it's different. You're with making Kirk the Cousins. same conversation basically for TJ Hawkinson. I mean, that that easily could just be true for TJ Hawkinson and not Addison. What do you mean? I mean, yeah, what you, I. What do you mean? I, I wouldn't drop him. I, I think the upside is, is high enough. I, again, rookie but coming off the bye week. We've seen him be the target leader with Dobbs and do nothing. Like, so like. Yeah. I, I'm with you. No, on no. The, what, what I'm saying is Jefferson coming back opens up the field for Hawkinson, who could be the number two in the passing attack, not Jordan Addison is my point. 
I, I get that. I'm not saying that I would like start him this week or be confident, but he is the type of guy that I think has at least the upside as a rookie in the second half of the season who we know is talented that I probably wouldn't want to drop him if I'm aiming for high upside options off the bench. Um, but I'm not disagreeing on not starting him this week. Um, Debra, give me your last must sit receiver, man. It's T Higgins. Uh, when he came back, I mean, last week, like he didn't get any usage. Uh, he was the distant third in this passing attack. I mean, it's basically right now Browning has eyes only for Jamar chase. That's it. That's about the only guy you could start out of this passing attack. Cause after that, you got Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd got a higher target share than freaking T. Higgins last week. T. Higgins came back last week, 64% route run rate. He got a 7% target share. Just let that soak in. T. Higgins got the same amount of usage about as like what? KJ Osborne last week? Uh-uh. <laughs> nah. Can't start T. Higgins. He's a wide receiver four right now, boys. He's a uh, consensus. Consensus agrees. He's wide receiver 39 and half PPR. In I've got about 40. E- ECR, yeah. Erickson, where do you have Higgins this week? Uh, wide receiver 44. So, I yep. mean, yeah. I think it's really, I think it's just over for him this year, and he's going to be on a new team next year. So, yeah. on to I, 2024 with T. Higgins. Well, I was going to ask you guys <laughs> the same question about, you know, Brees Hall, about, like, what do we make of this lost season? Where is he going to be next year? But we, it's impossible to say right now well, before we even know what TV's receiver on. One. That, no, I hope not. I hope not <laughs> for him. I hope they're going to oh, show out that. to sell the highest guy in free agency. Like, we got to get Bryce on a receiver. Gosh. He went to Clemson, so he's you know familiar with the area. He's going to be a Panther. So oh, I hope do with not, that what man. you will. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I will do is not be happy to draft him next year. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Erickson, who do I start? Cooper Cup or Cortland Sutton? Sutton. Sutton. All right. How about Calvin Ridley or Jaden Reed? Jaden Reed. Jordan mm. Addison or Noah Brown with Tank Dell out? I think I just take the upside on Noah Brown. Just where do, you, where do you have Noah Brown ranked? We're, we're not talking about him on the show, but with Tank Dell out, I mean, we've seen him with injuries in, in that receiving core before. Have a couple of good games this year with CJ Stroud. Yeah. I mean, I think that. I have him at wide receiver 39, and I, I really don't think that yeah. they're, the Jets are going to spend time trying to get Sauce or DJ Reed on Noah Brown as, like, the speedster. Like, they're really going to be focusing, I think, a lot more on Nico Collins as that really big body perimeter threat. And I think that could just open up opportunities for Brown on crossers across the middle of the field where he can just unlock his – like, he's just fast. Like, that's his, that's his game. So, again, I'm not as concerned about these top-tier cornerbacks because if he, if he blows by them, like, Stroud's going to hit him. So I think Brown has way more upside, and I'd probably just take a shot on him, even though the matchup is is horrible on the road against the Jets. What do you think, Debra, quickly on that one, Addison versus Noah Brown? I think it's interesting. Um, I've got Addison a little bit ahead just because the Raiders can't cover anybody, and I think this is a bounce-back game for Josh Dobbs. But, I mean, we're talking about a, it's splitting hairs. I've got Addison at 38. I've got Noah Brown at 41. Mm-hmm. Um now, if you want to tell me who do I want to start T. Higgins or Noah Brown, I'm going to go Noah Brown. Well, easily. They are uh, back to back in our staff rankings, actually, um, between the two of you and Fitz. Uh, Debro, DeAndre Hopkins or Rashi Rice? Oh, it's Rice. Like, it's not close. It's Rice. How about Chris Godwin or T. Higgins? Oh, um. Start I'll, t- I'll, I'll start take Godwin. Godwin. I mean, I'll, I'll, at least he's getting volume. T, T's not even getting that. Yeah. Let's move to the quarterback tight end defense discussion here. Uh, we'll go a little quicker on these. Erickson, give me your QB TE DST. 
going to sit Geno Smith. Last four games against the 49ers, he has averaged fewer than 11 fantasy points per game. So I know he's great against Dallas, but I would not go chasing that box score on another tough road matchup. Juwan Johnson, sit tight end. I know Taysom Hill's on the injury report, but he was a bust last week, Was had one of the worst games I've actually seen from a tight end in a long time. Popular streamer, just don't go back to him. Look, Panthers have been one of the better teams against tight ends. Elite shut down Kate Otten last week. So Juwan Johnson's going to be a sit for me and just someone you can just drop. He's not a tight end that's worth streaming. Pick up Kate Otten because he's the guy that got dropped by a lot of teams after he put up the goose egg against the Panthers. And then lastly, uh, but the Bills DST. Um, that's why I want to sit. They're on the road against the Chiefs. Fifth worsted projected DST in the projections. And they have one top 10 finish in the last seven games. Buffalo Bills. Oof. Erickson, are you starting Geno Smith or Baker Mayfield? I think that I have Geno ranked higher than Baker Mayfield. I'm checking right now. Um, they're back to back. I don't want to start either of them. I guess I probably guess I just start Baker just because Mike Evans is just on like an absolute heater and he's going to catch a touchdown no matter what. So I, I feel confident about that. Whereas, you know, genome not so much so they're back to back yeah as well uh debro quickly on gino you're a couple of spots higher than erickson is do you Mm -hmm. like his matchup better or again just kind of that glommy middle there's not really anybody that stands out i mean i i I like what we saw out of chef gino last week i mean considering what he did versus the dallas cowboys i i think that seattle is kind of finding itself finally as a passing offense by getting more JSN involved. DK Metcalf finally looked healthy. Like, I don't know if he's been truly healthy the entirety of the season. And so, I'm mean, yeah, I'm a little bit higher on, on Geno Smith this week, guys, because the other part about this is Tyler Lockett's not on the injury report for basically the first time this season. So I think that's big, man. He's actually got healthy weapons. And considering what they did and they changed the game plan up against Dallas, we could see a shootout here versus the 49ers. Debra, take us home with your must-sit quarterback, tight end, and defense slash special teams. We talked about this game a bunch. I mean, we talked about Cooper Cup. Let's just take his quarterback, too. Matthew Stafford, not playing him. Baltimore has been a top-five pass defense the entire season. It's not going to change in Week 14. Moving over to tight end, man, Evan Ingram. And I know people are going to say, like, what the hell are you talking about? Did you just watch what Evan Ingram did? Isn't he going to get peppered with targets? I don't want any part of this matchup, guys. Like... Cleveland Browns have been the worst matchup on the board for tight ends. They're allowing the fewest fantasy points per game, the fewest receiving yards per game. Yes, they've given up three touchdowns over the season to tight ends. Two of those came from Mark Andrews when he played them in freaking week four. So if you're holding on to hope for that one, good luck. But I'm not so it's I'm going to be sitting Evan Ingram. I'm going to have him outside my top 12 tight ends for the week. And the DST is going to be the Detroit Lions. I think Justin Fields lights this secondary up. We've seen Detroit struggle in the last few weeks. They have had for, for various iterations of this season. Their past events has been bottom five. I don't want any part of Detroit. Evan Ingram or Isaiah likely this week. Likely. Easy. Likely. Who do you like there? Uh, Erickson Ingram or likely. Uh, I mean, if, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, then I'm not starting Evan Ingram. Say Trevor does play. Are you? Would you still start Evan Ingram? Probably not. Over likely. Okay. I, I mean, I, why? I don't. Why, why would he play? Like, I don't think he's going to play. Is that practice? I, I don't think he's going to play either. I don't think I don't he's going to play. We'll see. But yeah. just throwing yeah. it out there. 
Uh, must sit running backs are Brees Hall, Devin Singletary, Derrick Henry, Gus Edwards, Kenneth Walker, and Khalil Herbert. Must sit wide receivers Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, Jordan Addison, T. Higgins. We are sitting Geno Smith and Matthew Stafford. We are sitting Juwan Johnson and Evan Ingram. And we are sitting the Bills and Lions defenses for Erickson and Debro. I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.